You're listening to the Bass Lessons Melbourne podcast, episode 18, Lucas Taranto. How you doing? This is Craig from Bass Lessons Melbourne. Um, today I'm joined by Lucas Taranto for our uh, bass player um, player profile video. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks for coming over. My absolute pleasure. It's Making been the trip far too long. Yeah, it's good yeah. to catch up with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, maybe we can just start at the start ish. Yep. Like, what? Why did you get into bass? Oh wow, that's a huge, huge question. Well, <laughs> no, no, look, short story is that I guess I was learning guitar and um, I had this great teacher, Jim Chimbasis, and um, you know, to me, I was like 14 or 15, he was like a rock god, came okay. to school, yep. long black curly hair, leather jacket, awesome. Bill Lawrence, Floyd Rose. <laughs> you would just sit there for the whole lesson. Oh he would just man, it's pretty much, this is the coolest thing. Anyway, he started giving me great music, Satriani and and um, Lee Rittenau and stuff like yeah, that, cool. you, know, you know, and you're listening to it and I'm like, oh man, that Rio Funk's cool, but like, what's that? You know, what's what's that sound? It's like, oh, that's the bass player. It's a guy yeah. called Marcus like, Miller. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about yeah. the bass, don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, this is why I'm so lucky that I had some great, really great musical educators uh, when I was young, guys like Jim, who would like, oh no, well, like that's, you know, that's this guy Marcus Miller, and you know, like, why is it that sound that you like? And well, what if you listen to this, you know? And, and, and the more I listen to, like I'm, you know, listening to Satriani, but going, oh, what's, what's he doing there? And they're like, oh no, that's Stuart Ham. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's sort of like, it's, it just started the, the ball rolling, you know? And Jim was so, um, yeah, like just everything I threw at him, he would give it back tenfold, you know? Cool. If I showed any interest, he was such a great teacher. If yeah. I showed any interest, he'd be like, oh, cool. Well, look, here's a mixtape of who I think are cool bass players. And, you know, he's the guy, Stuart Ham, but yep. he's a new guy. Like he was listening to um, Ben Harper back then, you know what I mean? And he had some like innocent criminals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of his stuff, like so this live recording, which I've never heard since. Um, but like things like that and, that was yeah. that, that. I don't know if it's the same one, but that was the first time I heard octave pedal. Oh, really? It was Van Nelson. Wow, he does, he does okay. the solo in Fight for Your Mind, I think. Okay, it's cool. Big bass solo, and he's got octave pedal on. Yeah, right. Because I, I had the same thing with like my teachers at school. Mm-hmm. One of them gave me um, a tape of it was this BBC radio show series about Jacko. Oh, okay, wow. Jazz. So it was like the life and times of Jacko and audiobook, and I was like, Jesus. Okay, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> and and then my teacher that I got at, at uni, like he made me up. Um, mixtapes as yep, well and it was cool. like you know it was like Gary Willis and then it was Marcus Miller and it was Victor Wooten and it was yeah. just like so I'm getting all this stuff because pre-internet yeah exactly right? exactly yeah it's totally. that was the only yep. you know that and my, my, my older brother played guitar so he had a guitar player magazine guitar yeah, back, magazines meant the v- one the one page of, of bass and I was like okay what's that <laughs> yeah you know, I, man I remember when I found out that um, bass player magazine existed I like I was like holy and there's Tabby there oh my god <laughs> you know yeah. you know like learning you know well, yeah, exposes exposes you to some great music that you wouldn't listen to and would. Those sorts of magazines. Like, I think about when I was a kid, getting a, a tab for, like, girls on film, and, like, just going, who on earth is Duran Duran? <laughs> Duran Duran. You know? But then you finally see the film clip, and I'm like, oh, Duran Duran, you know, like this 18-year-old kid with a bass is going, yeah. yeah, girls, you know, all of a sudden I'm right into it, you know. But but it's 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 cool that, you know, pre-internet, that that's how you... um. That's how you got information, man. I've still got all my bootlegs of Hotlick videos, Hotlick VHS tapes, yeah. and you know all, all things that my friends things made me, or taped cool. off Rage, or yeah. you know things like that, which is. I was in the same boat as well. My brother bought me Hotlick's All Star Bass Series bass as a solo instrument. Wow! And it starts with Dude. Larry Graham just going, oh. and I was just like, "That's my favorite video." Who's yeah. this guy? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Is that the one where Larry Graham's also wearing like a white suit and the white cap? When is he not wearing a white suit? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same video. And, and I remember watching that and just hearing him talk about the love all the time. Like, oh man, I, 
you know, there was so much love in that room when we did that gig and oh, when we had that groove, it was just sitting so yeah. nice. I loved it. And I'm like, that's <laughs> such a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. But such a beautiful way to look at music, man. And he was, he was talking through all his, his, his pedals. I think it was a different one. I think yeah. the one you're talking about, he's playing with a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was just him band. and he's just like, oh, okay, cool. Just jamming away. And then, and then he's just, he just starts doing like a walking bass line with one hand. Yeah. And, and talking to the guy and stuff, boom, 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 boom. Like, mm, you can do this as well. Yeah, okay. I was like, that's cool, bass is cool. Thanks, Larry. Bass yeah, is cool. you're the best. You're the yeah, best. so that's, that's interesting. Like, you know, pre internet, that's how we, you know, check these guys out. It, it's definitely, I mean, it's it's a weird one because I was talking to someone, I can't remember who I was talking to this about, but um, it was really interesting that I find that our generation of pre internet dudes, we really sunk our teeth into something because that's all we had you yeah, know what exactly. i mean it's like you get a video you pretty much watch it until it wears out kind of thing you know totally. whereas now on i mean i don't know if you're guilty of this but i'm definitely guilty of just going on base channels and like you watch half a second it's like not nah, cool yep seen that before and man nah, that's nothing new and you know until something blows your mind but rather than sit down and then actually get into it and like oh what's he doing and yeah you know like what else can i find out about this guy it's just you're onto the next just, video. Just ADD with the pretty much, man, especially with auto, everything's autoplay now too, unless you switch it off. Yeah. So it's like before a video even finishes, you know, if you, if I even get to the end, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, cool. I wonder what. Whoa, what's that guy doing? You know, you know four o'clock in the morning, and he's just yeah. like, fuck, what it's happens? like you're <laughs> I haven't done any practice. You're almost paralyzed by by information. Exactly, but at the same time, I think there's there's kids now that could probably deal with that a lot better because I mean they they were brought up with the internet, man. We weren't. <laughs> the internet wasn't around when we were born. You know, yeah. like it's it was only. I guess in the 80s, late 80s, the internet, or early 90s, the internet actually that, existed. Yeah. But in terms of being an actual, Public, yeah. you know, having Google. Information superhighway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> having Alta Vista. Oh, is that the first? <laughs> yeah, anyways. Yeah, um, yeah like, I, I, I'm hoping that the kids of today have a different outlook on it and, and maybe are being exposed to far more. Like, I think someone like Mono Neon, for example, mm. like if without the internet, would I have heard of him? Would he just be still, if this was you know, 20, 30 years ago, would he still be sitting in his bedroom blowing minds of people who could hear him, which would only be his neighbors, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I think about that, that kids are, are also exposed to things like that that yeah. we would have never have been exposed to. Um, it it kind of leveled the playing field in, in, a, in, a, in a way. Because like, you know, yeah. anyone can put videos up there. That's the thing. Had, which is good and bad. Exactly. Oh man, I've I've only recorded myself. I think once or twice, with the intention of like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens. Like, just throw it out there. Why not? Yeah. Literally can't put it up. Like, will not you can't put it up. Yeah, no, yeah. I just I just can't do it. And then I'll sit down, and then a few months will pass, and I'll see the video on my phone. I'm like, oh, cool, that video I recorded. I'll listen to it. I'm like, whoo, I thought that was good at the time, but you know, thank God I didn't put it up. Yeah, you know? right. And it's like. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird one. Maybe I've just got old man fear of the internet, you know, but the fact that I know it's there forever. Maybe I should be a bit more blase about it and just think, well, it's out there well, and like, it disappears. Like, you know? like Vic says, you know, music is vibrations and vibrations never die. They just change form. So when you put it out there, it always is. Forever. Constantly traveling. Yeah. Until, yeah, you know, gets to the other end of the universe. So, so you're checking out, like, Marcus and, and these guys at, like, 15, 16? Yeah, it would have been about yeah, it would have been about fifteen, sixteen. I think I, I finally convinced my parents um, to buy me a bass. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start teaching my little sister how to play bass, so I can play guitar, she can play bass. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, of course, I never taught her a single note. I just <laughs> once, once, once I had a bass in my hands, that was it. I kind of didn't really put it down. What, just, what was it? Just then? Um, it was yeah, it was like an old P bass copy thing that I bought from oh, I convinced them to get it for me from cash converters a couple hundred bucks yeah, right. and um, it's still the P-Base that I use today oh, well I'm pretty sure I, I had the guys at the base center to look at it because I did a lot of work when I was a kid you know sanding stuff down and ripping frets Stickers. out and yeah, dude, like as soon as I heard about Jarko's story I was like in the garage that night really? like, I've got this big giant P-Base fretless with holes all over it um, but you know thank God Neil Kennedy fixed it up for me later in life but um but anyway, yeah, I took it down to the base and the guys, and they're like, hang on, is that this and that? And we sort of looked it up and I think it's one of the Japanese pre-CBS 70s, the, the lawsuit, lawsuit, sorry, like ones. Like Greco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, okay, cool. And, and I mean, the base feels great. I've got a set of Jim Dyson's in it now. Um, and it's just, it's, wow. it's my real... Stuck with you. It definitely did. It's my workhorse, you know. And if I've been very weary of, you know, some guys like they 
they get their first base and it's like an Ibanez or something. And although they own a lot of bases, that's still their holy grail. Yeah. Although it doesn't sound good, it's more of a memorable thing. You sure. know what I mean? And I was really scared of that, but I'm pretty sure that that base sounds good. freaking great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've used it a lot. A lot of used that base. If so. it sounds good, it is good. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was my, my first ever base. And then I finally, you know, yeah, thought I'm gonna get serious and I bought a sound gear and I've been a sound gear and, you know, the custom made mahogany one. I was like, yeah, right. But you know, then you move on and you start experimenting and yeah. go go for everything else. Do you reckon P bass is a good place to start for bass players? I think jazz bass is probably a better place to start. Um, just in terms of a, a slightly more open sound, I know. Okay. But I was thinking maybe ergonomics. Yeah. Well, see, it all, it all depends, doesn't it? Because you yeah. got those those P bases with those super broad necks, like the um, like the sixties ones. Yeah, 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 man. Those those like giant maple boards, you know. Like, woo. But then, some of them are, yeah. Well, yeah. Look, my one's quite a quite a thin profile when I think about it. Yeah, the, and the width isn't isn't great at all. Isn't isn't very big. So um, yeah, that that one would be fine for a beginner. But in the end, what 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 you can afford and what looks cool, I think, is one of the most important things too. You know what I mean? You want like to you want to pick it up and play it. Yeah, exactly. And like I remember feeling so cool when I had that bass. It was all red when I first got it. You know, and I was like, yeah, this is so. What cool. color is it now? Uh, it's midnight metallic blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was in my garage sanding it down, and then my uncle came over, and he was just about to get a car baked in a car kiln, sprayed and you know. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, what are you doing with your bass? I said, oh no, I'm gonna paint it a color. He goes, I'm getting a car done metallic blue. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> so I gave it to him, and it got sprayed in the in the car place and got put in the kiln and when it came back man all the wood had dried out it sounded unbelievable no oh. lacquer on it so no lacquer on it it had been just right. just one layer of undercoat couple layers of metallic paint sit in this car kiln and then it came out put it back together and it was like really man it's it sounded incredible yeah eagle wood yeah yeah well you know look I've never done it since. I don't know if that's the secret, but um, yeah, it was really, really cool. So yeah, it's, it's a great color. And the fact that it's got no lacquer means it's it's worn yep. quite well over the yeah, last cool. you know, 10 years or something. So it's got that awesome vintage vibe and yeah, breathes really well. And man, the, the bass it either sings or it's that, it's a P bass, man. Like yeah. All the tops off, just thuds, yeah. put my palm down. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, they're, that's they're, these are the two main bases actually, now that I think about it. P bass and this. That's pretty much all I use. Kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, but... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But that's part of the Melbourne scene, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you're, you're right in there. I mean, you know, one day you're doing fucking... And, and, a, and a, re, a tribute to Aretha Franklin yeah. thing, you know, yeah. with, with, with someone. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then the next day you're sort of like, oh, look, man, I've got this sort of fusion jazz gig or whatever. Or, or like, you know, just a, a pop gig, but yeah. it's modern yeah. stuff and they want a five-string sound. So, yeah. you know, it's like, all right, cool. It's... um. Do you ever have... Do you ever encounter any kind of snobbery rocking up with this? Like, you know, somebody has and you go and you look at it and, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful looking five string instrument, but some some people are like, that, oh, it's not a Fender. Are you going to be all, <laughs> going to be all chopsy or whatever? Or, yeah, or, I, don't, I don't think I've come up against too much of it. You just never got called back and you didn't know about it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just curious, you know, because sometimes it crossed in my mind is like, you know, do yeah. some guys get hired? And especially in the the pop realm of like that, you know, yeah. looks is is a thing. But definitely, I mean, you made it work. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I see. I guess everyone's got their their tipping point with that. And for me, it would be a six string bass. Okay. Yeah. So like, if I like, if I I'd, I wouldn't be snobby about it. But if when I see a six string bass, I just think, cool. He's that's that kind of a player. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not always correct because some people just buy six string bases because they like them or it's yeah. an easy octave down the end or or whatever but you know most people want to explore that upper register and all that kind of stuff exactly. and you don't buy a six string bass to just play on the b string yeah 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 totally totally and i don't know like maybe people do think that when they see this but i haven't come across any anything like that That's i've definitely cool. come across a lot of people who are like wow is that a federa can i have a play or yeah. what they've, they've got a lot of questions about it because sure. it's not every day that you sort of see one well, in no. this country anyway no. you know um well there, there's definitely a few guys that have them but um, it's it's a big investment, yeah. you know. When you when you're getting something built that you can't physically play, it's just going to arrive at your door, you know. Well, I, I think it's oh absolutely, it's, yeah. it's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you been to the, the factory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how that's how this came came about. Right. Um, so I was endorsed by their strings 
um, in Australia for, for quite a while. And then when I was touring okay. over there, yeah. I sort of wrote to my guys in Australia, hey man, can you, like, I'd love, I want to go see the factory. So I hooked him up with some tickets to the show and um, uh, uh, Vinny sent his daughter down and she checked out the show and she's like, oh man, it's great, come past the factory. And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Next thing you know, I'm talking to Joey and all the guys there and they're like, hey, what do you think of this piece of wood? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Hey, if, would you use that kind of neck or this kind of neck? And do you like the monarch? And I'm like, well, okay, hang on. Like okay, what are we talking about, like guys? One hand I'm on like, the wallet. <laughs> oh, man, totally. But um, no, they were they were really open and honest. And they knew I was looking for an endorsement too. I was, I was sniffing around the sort of Sadowski area mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And... You know, they, they saw an opportunity, like we were talking about before, for like ad- advertis- a, a different kind of advertisement and also in a different country for their base. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so we got chatting and we sort of worked out a bit of a deal and then I said, all right, cool. Like if you can, yeah, if you're happy to support me, then I'm more than happy to support you guys. Uh, so yeah, next thing I know that, yeah, I started picking woods out and saying, no, nah, no, nah, like this, like this. And then, um, yeah, we, we basically made this. So I got the wider like wider spacing on the neck because yeah. I didn't want anything too thin. Um, I've got I got a Kennedy made in like 2001. Okay. And that was my first custom made base. Five string? Five string Kennedy, yeah. Right. And it's amazing, but I didn't know what I was doing. So basically I took that off and I, you know, I said, make me a, make me a, a Fender 5 Jazz, but I don't like Fender 5 Jazzes, so make it feel like a Federa because um, I, I had one of their bases yep. for most of the tour and it felt great. So I said, yeah, wider string spacing, wide aperture, um, Put a series parallel in that switch. Yep. Must have active passive. Yep. Um, standard Federa circuitry, but I got the top end wound down a little bit. Uh, I can't remember where theirs is at. 12? Something it? up there, yeah. It's yeah. like fairy dust kind of frequency. <coughs> so I just want it back a couple of K. And then, um, yeah, wider, flatter frets. I got them to um, shave them down a little bit. I, okay. like, I like them nice and long. Legs have been pleated in a little bit? Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just chose the woods. So is this, a, is this a Monarch? Yes. I always get confused, man. <laughs> I always get confused. It looks, I, think, I think so. It's, there's the Monarch. There's the Imperial. It's not the Imperial. Imperial. No, no, definitely not, yeah. I, I, I'm not into that, uh, the whole, yeah, that, that cutaway looking thing. It's cool. And if I was Anthony, doing Anthony Jackson gigs, like I'd be, I'd be right there, you know. Or like if you Anthony Jackson gigs, gigs that'd, yeah, yeah, well, that'd be, dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but um, actually, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. yeah, just have Michael Camillo like fucking <laughs> freaking out next to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I sort of, I basically got it, you know, for lack of a better word, like dumbed down a little bit. Sure. I, I guess to to a bit of a simpler base, but with all the Federa um, trimmings and um, okay. yeah, man, it's 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 worked out really, really well. Got a bolt on too. Didn't want a neck through. Yep. I got a neck through with a Kennedy, and so it's, it's d- too much. I'm guessing, like, because I know for me, like, I got a, I got a custom base made. Mm-hmm. So the end of the rack over there. Yeah. Like when I was studying, and I bought it on looks. Yeah. It's got like a spalted beach top and like. Yeah, oh, dude, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted in a base. You know, I, yeah. I hadn't. I owned a jazz base. I hadn't owned a P base. Yeah. I didn't really know, you know, rosewood or maple. I knew mm-hmm. it was a thing, but I just went, "Well, that looks cool." Yeah. And then I got it, and that. it wasn't what I had in my head mm-hmm. as what I wanted as a base. I've grown to love it because it does a very specific thing yep. really well. But it, I think it does take a long time to know what you want from a base. A very Not only time. just ergonomics, but tone wise, because mm-hmm. when you're starting out, you know, you're doing this and that. T- totally different things so definitely when, when you spec this were you in that stage where you're like I know really what I want now and, and I can't get it anywhere else or was it still a little bit of no nah, there's still a little bit candy store yeah there's still a little bit of candy store a little bit of unknowing and guessing and yeah. you know there always is you know I mean I played a lot of their bases and I talked to, talk to <coughs> them a lot like, we hung out for a good couple of days in the factory pretty much you know mm. but um yeah I yeah, because I don't know about you, but I've it's a bit of a roller coaster road roll, a ro- bit of a ro- ro- roller coaster ride. <laughs> it's up and down. Into, yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. Well, just in terms of tone and what you want, you know, it, and like yeah. it takes it takes a certain point in order just to get up to that level where you can tell the difference between a rosewood board and a maple board. Yeah. But then even then, like when I'm there and I'm picking, and I'm like, yep, I definitely want rosewood. Like in the back of my mind, I'm going, yeah, but that maple yeah. sound. And then, you know, if, 
you, you can't go back to the other and I'm like fucking what am I doing and yeah. so yeah there's always second guessing and there's you know there's always something that I like this is Brazilian rosewood okay. so it sounds different to my other rosewood 100% for sure oh man it's so it's so nice this neck mm. oh my god I love it yeah but yeah, like I'd never had that before, so it was you know there's always an element yeah, of custom made. but base. it's, it's, really it's like, within it's with, within a a range a parameter a known parameter of yeah yeah it, it wasn't just no no it yeah. definitely wasn't like when I bought my Kennedy and just you know pot luck but yeah no 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 definitely yeah I hear, yeah. I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying but there's only one way to do that man it's play yeah. lots of bases and own lots of bases and do yeah. lots of research and, totally you know and, and we're lucky that we've got somewhere like the base center and no one that you go you want to play a Sadowski or you want to play an F bass or yeah, it's all there yeah Dingwall <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. like a 60p bass or a jazz bass yeah or, yeah ex exactly exactly you know, yeah. and those guys really know what they're talking about so they really do and they're really really lovely as well like yeah. I've I've never had um, yeah an issue just going down there and like hey guys I'm in the market for this and they're like oh play that play that just pick it up off the wall and that's cool like, and I've been in there for hours sometimes yeah. you know and yeah totally I just think fuck I'm not buying anything but you're so nice to me thanks <laughs> oh, guys sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like I should can I have four picks please uh, <laughs> you know you feel like I, you should do something I actually just bought a, bought one of these guys oh the felt yeah man I've seen this yeah because I had people talking about it and I was like oh I'll yeah. give that a go yeah it's it's a lot um harder than I thought it was going to be like I thought it was going to be more but it's good. definitely like a thick <laughs> that's that's what I love picks for nah see I, it's got a cool attack I, I, I like I, I figure if you're using a pick then use a pick use a pick like yeah yeah, okay. yeah you know what I mean like that's that's the sound that's, yeah. that's what you want because you started off playing guitar so did, when you picked up bass were you playing with a pick or was it fingers kind of straight away oh fingers straight away no because all the guitar that I'd been learning was classical before that point yeah oh, well, okay. so I did I mean you know, to lengthen on that story I did a year of classical with this guitar teacher that the school got in who was hopeless like right. he couldn't really teach and didn't care and would just walk into a lesson play that oh you haven't practiced stay here and practice I'm going to go out for a smoke outside come back 25 minutes later play it again uh, better practice tonight and then that's a lesson it's like what the did you practice? yeah yeah not, not as much as you know he's a classical dude so to him practice was like a very different thing to a 13 year old sure, high school yeah, student yeah, yeah. 14 year old so on <clears throat> so yeah like I said when that guy Jim rocked in with his leather jacket and was like wah, wah, I'm like that's my guitar teacher you know <laughs> like the funds of guitar teachers <laughs> pretty much but but like it wasn't that I wasn't playing with a pick that long until then you switched to bass yeah yeah you so know. do you like you know do you still employ some of that classical guitar thing or not, not yeah too much? definitely but only because of Gary Willis his influence yeah okay. yeah realistically let's talk about Gary oh man all day all night Gary's Gary was a big influence, man, when I discovered that dude. Was like, that tribal tech stuff? I just, yeah, definitely tribal tech, you know, like nightclub <clears> and <throat> all that, you know, banow, banow, and Kirk Covington. <laughs> and, you know. But, you know, when you're a kid, you've got to go through that stage of, of extreme fusion chop, you know, like expanding your yeah. just pure awesomeness. Yeah, totally. Or, or what you think is and, pure you know, awesomeness. You know? And tribal tech are definitely a good way to do that. Definitely, Remember definitely. Remember sitting with thick and being like, I, I really don't, think I like this music but I'm fascinated by it and then I grew to like it yeah 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 it was that kind of like car crash attraction yeah oh man <laughs> totally yeah, yeah definitely definitely and yeah it takes a little while I think especially when you're young to wrap your head around it but, but you know it's awesome and amazing and like these guys are doing something that I could never imagine doing totally. so of course yeah. you, you you sort of dive in there but I, I'm I'm really happy because then like I really got out of prog and fusion music you know I really it just became dead. Like once Dream Theater, I think released. Oh, there was a certain album that came out, and I was just like, "Hang on, man! They're, they're literally running through their motions, and it's just you know a exactly technical." What's next. Yeah, yeah, and it was just this beautiful, technical, proficient performance, and I just went. Nah. I mean, at the same time, kids that that I was listening to this, people, older cats that I was meeting were showing me things like the meters, and like you okay. know, I just I'd just gotten a copy of um. Donny Hathaway live and like all that sort of stuff okay. you know so yep. it's like whoa okay like there's decisions here you know what I mean yeah what's a bass player and what's not do I want to be like John Myung or do I want to be like this and then that's when I discovered the Gary Willis Bent album right. and that was just like you know because I, I know what he can do and I've, I've I've tried to transcribe all that tribal tech stuff and yada 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 and then he comes out with you know And it's like, 
hang on a second, man. Like, this is the coolest fusion album I've ever heard. Because it's, I don't know if you've heard the album from start to yeah, finish yeah. yet, but like, there's some weird tracks and some great yeah. weird lines and like, you know, his extension of harmony and bass soloing and it's it's mind-blowing, but it's like so groovy and funky and like that that tune, I mean, what it, it's like a, an extended blues, you know? Yeah. It's like literally that, you know, for... You know what I mean? And like the, all the head, I mean, that whole album is based on, you know. Like if you listen to the album, like there's pretty much that that lick through every almost every tune, you know, just about. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's those beautiful <coughs> jazz ballad one with the melodica and stuff. But um, yeah, like that that made me sort of look at fusion in a new light. And it's like, hang on, he's still doing Gary Willis stuff. That's still just as mind blowing as Trouble mm. Tech and Nightclub, but man it's got a pocket and it's kind of cool and and it's not like oh yeah check out my amazing you know technical ability here it's like yeah. it just sounded like guys having fun it's organic room. more organic exactly exactly and it's and it's the finest playing that I've ever heard Dennis Chambers do I'm not a big fan of Dennis but yeah. when I listen to that album I'm like no nah, there's some pretty sweet playing on that yeah man. like yeah some really really cool stuff so yeah for me Gary Willis I just found you know it's kind of nobody like him no nah. It's it, to me. It's funny. I was. I was. I just got his um, new app, the Groove of Day. Have you seen it? I was just. I was weird. I was listening to a podcast interview with him the other day, <laughs> yeah. and he was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and man. Because I, like, I remember maybe a year or so ago, he was doing some little trailers for it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting yeah, yeah. thing, dude. It's 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 pretty cool. I mean, just to have a video where I can watch him play and like mix the drums out or the click out or whatever else and then choose like left left hand camera angle oh, okay so you know like i mean i think if you download the app you get the first three free jams free. yeah yeah for free or whatever so i thought yeah cool check it out and like some of the grooves are just like something like that yep you know like that's the easy groove one or whatever but then you know after like two minutes of it it's gary willis doing his you know but like <clears throat> It's, it's still so relevant to that groove and it's still so freaking mind-blowingly amazing and cool and, and, and stretching the boundaries of, of harmony, but yeah. it's just a, a guy with a hat on just going... Boom, boom. <laughs> like, the underlining foundation is, is never lost. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important that Gary well, Willis, he can, he can do that. Like he, well, For me, Jameson does the, does the exact same thing. You know, like, yeah. you go through and it's never the same, but it's the same groove... Yeah, but it's never the same. Yeah, enough. See, for me, Jamison's on a, on like a whole another level of genius and and playing for me because like with Gary Willis, it comes out in everything and especially his soloing. Whereas with Jamison, for me, like I don't know, I I, I still listen to um, like What's Going On, for example, mm. and I'm just like, how 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 do you play like that? Like for some reason I can listen to Gary Willis and go, oh yeah, cool. I, 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 I can understand it and I can I can do that and I can hear how other kids are going to do that. And, yeah. But I listen to Jamison and I'm like, no, nah, I don't... How did that happen? Yeah. How did that happen? Why <clears throat> Why is it so difficult to replicate? Maybe it's just, just me. <laughs> oh, I should, you know. <laughs> maybe it's just me, but yeah. Like why is it so difficult to replicate? Like it's... I don't know, man. Like, I, I, Jamison for me is this. I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but like, for cool. me, I put him up above Jarko. Yeah. Jarko did things on this instrument that the the entire world should be praising him for because he took took it out of you know we all know what he did. He's Jarko. He took it yep. out of that and gave us and gave us. You know what I mean? Like on and on the list goes. And fretless. And, well, yeah, and fretless, <laughs> but like. Jamison, Jamison like made m m fused art and bass playing together for mm. me, but like pop bass playing, yeah, stock standard, amazing bass playing, and just put rhythms and stuff to it that, yeah, I, and I, I no like, choices that I could never get away with. Exactly, exactly. Even rhythmic choices that I, I feel like I could never get away with. Like it's Absolutely. just, it's, it's really, really amazing, and it's, and it's nothing but him. There's, yeah. there's, there's no. Uh, like it's genius, but it's just him on 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 tape. Yeah. Like I can't explain it any other way. It's <laughs> it's not like he's sat in a room and practiced and worked out some amazing new way of playing or yeah, you know yeah. like he, he hasn't jarcoed it. He's just like, yep, I've got a P bass. Yep, this is how it's going to go. Cool, I'm going to play this bass line. You know. 
break out the, the, the off oh, you go. There's like a feeling of not disregard, but just you know, it was a job for these guys. They were going in there like you know, six, yeah. seven, eight hours a day, like knocking them out. Yeah. Is there an element of not really caring or, or trying to do stuff or just like it's just a pop song to them? You know, could that be is, in there? Man, I oh, totally. I think that's that's part of the genius. I mean, like, isn't it? Don't you find that whenever you do like a session with a band or like you're in the recording studio with one of your bands and stuff and it's always either the first take that you didn't record or the last take that you know you just no one can be bothered anymore yeah. and it, it ends up being the most interesting one yeah. you know it's you're like, like oh, I've done it. I'll just try something different. Yeah yeah totally totally and I just think you know that those guys were were definitely in that mode quite a lot so they just would have known that mm. although this is the first take we hit record and we we rip it out and but like it is it is it is a job for them i mean it's and it's like any job really like we were talking about down i was talking about plumbers you know and i just think like there's dudes who don't know what they're doing who come in and they go yeah i can fix your sink and they might use a few of the wrong attachments and they they go a certain way around it but they get the job done in the end and there's the other guys that are like been through this a million times i know exactly what's going to work but you, you know this is this sink's slightly different so let's see try something we'll just add on one of those and like it's much more efficient, but they get the job done and they mm-hmm. get it done beautifully. Mm-hmm. And like I think those guys were were kind of that in a sense. Yeah, right. They knew that when they were going to get those team, that yeah, everything was going to turn out absolutely perfect in yeah. perfect working order, and it's going to be fun and interesting and suit whatever yeah. needs to happen to that singer. You know, they'd hear the singer first and go, "Yep, cool. This is how we're doing it. What's going down?" And I just think it's it's cool because there's art and then there's the job. You know, and those guys just had uh, such a beautiful balance of, of both. Uh, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the ultimate. It's when they they meet in the middle, and you find yourself, you know, playing art but getting paid for it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's 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 really nice. But then you know, then then that also imposes another huge question. Realistically, when you think about it, in terms of art, and and the job of like, you know, do you do something where it's like. No, I'm not going to do corporate work or covers yep. or anything like that. I'm an artist, and this is, mm. you know, this is the sort of bass player that I do and that I sort of am. It's a big call to make. It is, but you know, we're very lucky in Melbourne. I think we can, we can do a bit of both. You know, there's there's enough work totally. for both. Yeah. But um, I've got a lot of respect for for friends that have just stepped out and gone. No. Nah, yeah. No. Nah. Would you know had um, Evan Tweedy on this oh, weeks ago? Yeah. And and he, you know he's pretty much in that world of of doing doing the original stuff and he's yeah. pretty much that has been his choice and laid it out there and going you know I want I want to play music that I can stand behind yeah and that's man so that's such a beautiful thing and it's and it's a big thing but like I mean I've, I've known Evan for ages he was at Box Hill TAFE um, but I think about the player that he is now and the player that he was back then when it, when he was doing covers and yep. you know I'd, I'd yeah. see him and you're learning yeah playing you know Sissy Strut over and over again but He's by far ten times the bass player now than what mm. he was, and he was a great bass player back then. Mm. Evan, Evan's always had massive respect from from a lot of us, but um, yeah, now when I hear him play, there's just it's like a beauty, yeah, you know, a real beauty in his playing, or like I mean, a, a contentment and like an inner, mate, yeah, inner yeah, thing, yeah, like. yeah, man, most definitely, most definitely, and you know, he's such a beautiful guy too. It's like, yeah, it was great. yeah, it's lovely watching him make music. I've got to say, and that. He's got some great bases, man. But he's—he's. Yeah. He's, have you seen his Stingray? No, he didn't bring it around. Oh, but he—he he did talk yeah. about it. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's a killer bass, man. I yeah, need a vintage one. Anyways, so what about um, what about uh, Gotti playing playing with Gotti? Is that still happening? No, not really. Not like, so much. Well, he's he's living in New York, living so doing York, his thing. Yeah. yeah, making making great art. Like, there's a yeah. prime example, well, man. Like, like you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, in my head is like because you you were in that field of playing of, of you know being part of somebody's real artistic vision and and, and and he is one of those you know true artists proper but you're yep. got a number one single in however many countries yeah. in the world so yeah like what was that like dude yeah it was great it was great it was great i mean it was really really heavy especially like when you're sort of in the middle of it yeah um, well, you know now that i think back yeah like you know just everything from like sheer nerves of doing you know st- TV in America yeah. to just just sheer nerves of like trying to uh, give an artist what they want like Wally you know he's he's, he's amazing man he hears everything yeah. and 
He's not like a guy that's like, oh, hey man, look, that's cool, but you know, uh, the recording does this. Can you do this? You know, he's not that dude. He's like, okay, what you did was great, but this, that point in this song needs to create, you know, this kind of emotional thing because there's, a, there's this juxtaposition later on. So what you did is like preempting that juxtaposition. So, you know, you're, you know, like he, he yeah. explained everything like that. It wasn't just like, awesome. don't do that there. Yeah. And you've got to respect that. But then when you start to getting in that mode, you start to question everything you do. You know, it's like, well, hang on, yeah, if I go right. up an octave there, fuck, what does that mean, you know? And it was a great thing. It definitely changed the way I play music. Oh, 10 times, man. And, and f- from that respect, yeah. But at the same time, like, there's the reverse of that, that you're always thinking like, fuck, like, what, yeah. what am I doing, you know? To all of a sudden be in that mindset on that level to, to think about every note you play and to make sure that if you're going to do something that it's like... That it counts. The, the yeah, right yeah, 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 it really counts, you know. And like, don't get me wrong, like, it's not like we couldn't try things or yeah. experiment, but it definitely made me realize um, the power. The power, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, but then that, that sort of also filled out to other areas of life too, like, makes me realize just with language, you know, just, mm. just changing one word can make it an in sentence completely different or just adding a comma or a full stop, you sure. know what I mean? Like, so it's, <clears throat> it's definitely the same kind of thing um, on a much much larger picture because you've got visuals and you've got you know mm. staging going on and who's doing yeah. what and you know when and was would, I mean was it a gradual ramp up or did you go from just kind of playing you know round town to being you know world tour kind of thing no no around? well dude it was yeah it was huge like I mean because I've known Wally for we went to high school together yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you, which you guys have been at it for, for a while before yeah yeah well actually happened, when, so. when I started playing bass the first band I joined was downstairs with, while he was playing drums and my mate Travis was having guitar lessons with playing guitar and Ben was singing. So we did, we did great things, but then I left, I studied music while he went to study law. Where did you study? Uh, Box Hill TAFE. Box Hill yeah. yeah. So cool. I did the Box Hill TAFE and then left and went to VCA and then got out of there and then went back to Box Hill to finish my degree. But anyways, okay. over, over a lot of years. But um. But yeah, yeah, so, so while he went and studied law, I went and studied music, Ben went and moved overseas, and Trav moved out um, to the sticks, I think. So then when he started making his own music, Gautier stuff, it was like, man, this is really, really good. I recorded a few tracks, and you know, he made music, released a couple of albums. Uh, I think it was the second album that got picked up. So we did a tour in 2007. He got on all the festivals off the back of um, Hearts and Mess, okay. which is, you know, yeah, one of my favorite of his tunes. And um, we did a little mini orchestra tour, him on drums, me on bass, uh, string quartet, percussionist. Uh, I think that was the full band. Oh, and two horn players, the Robin Brazil brothers. Yep, Gideon and Ben Gideon. Brazil. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, which was great and it gave, you know, we did some good shows and stuff, but yeah, Wally was a bit unsure how to do it and that's when Danny Rogers and John Watson stepped in as managers. Okay. Um, Danny first. And after the show started running a lot smoother, yeah, the he that gave him the backing to sort of do the next album, okay. uh, which he you know took a lot of time on, spent a lot of time on. Yeah. And then when that was released, I, I remember driving to my mate's house because um, I was listening to Triple J and I heard that the video had been leaked for uh, somebody. Somebody that I used to know. Thank you. That song, <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, so yeah. So after. Yeah, so I heard that and I was like, oh, cool, cool. And I checked it out on YouTube on you know, my phone. And it was like, wow, 7,000 views. It's just been leaked. This is so, so cool. Get into my mate's house. Hey, man, you got to check this out. We hang out. And then anyway, by the time we got, it was a couple of hours, by the time we yeah. got the video up, the video up, it was like 45,000 hits or something. Or 25,000, yeah. like from seven. And I was like... No, we're definitely in an internet generation. D- yeah, 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 totally, totally. But like that was like, whoa. You know, from 2007 to 2011, there was nothing. You know, yeah. just people on Triple J saying, I love this guy's album. He's releasing a new one. Then, yeah, literally, like, within a couple of days, it was, like, hitting the millions, and then we were on tour. So Triple J were pretty, you reckon they were... Definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kingsmill loved Gautier's stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a few people there did. I mean, I don't know if you heard that. The first album... Um, no, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, not Broad... There's two. There's Broadface and... Like, Drawing Blood. I okay. think that is just a piece of art, man. It's cool. like... Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty magical. So they love that. So yeah, when the when the, the last one came out, uh, making mirrors, yeah, just the ball got rolling and we were just swept up. You know, like we got a little band together while we slowly expanded. Mm-hmm. Then we did our first tour overseas, and just as we're going, yes, like this is my first you know big overseas kind of tour. This is gonna be awesome. Two years later, man, and like I'm coming off a plane going, yep, yeah, Letterman, like 
yep, I just want to go home. This is crazy. Yeah, really? It was intense. Yeah, oh, dude, it was so intense. Just and like having Wally. Two years of- just, just two years of, of like constantly worrying about your playing. Playing and on eggshells and some, to some regard. Yeah, like eggshells, my own eggshells. Not, yeah. not you know, sure. nothing external was going on. But you know, it's it's weird because you should be like, fuck, I'm I'm at Radio City Music Hall, yeah. like I'm playing in the world's. I'm a rock star. Yeah, you should be that, but nah. Instead, like it's all the musical self doubt and yeah, all yeah. that stuff sort of starts setting in, and you're like, fuck, why am I here? Like you know, geez, I you know, this is wow. so weird, and I hope I'm playing the songs right, and oh, like, you know, uh, milliseconds, like an athlete, man, milliseconds become minutes, you know, mm. and like all of a sudden from like. You know, you and the drummer hit something. You go, yeah, man, that was tight. You do it exactly the same the next night, but all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. I can hear a millisecond between us, Michael. I can hear something, man. We've got to fix this. We've got to fix this. You know, when it really becomes, everything's very magnified. Yeah. You know? But it's good. It, it, it definitely gave me a chance to to look at that stuff. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of time to practice and. Yeah, but but in a whole, the Gautier experience, when I look back on it, um, as difficult as it was with all the traveling and, and yeah. you know, there was a lot of fun. It definitely made me 10 times a musician yeah, cool. working with people of that caliber. Um, and I get to meet and hang out with some cool people, man. Like go to SNL and, and hang out with James Jean. It's like in the set breaks and Lenny Pickett and like going, you mean like Tower of Power, like, you know, like, and he's like, oh yeah, man, you know that stuff? Oh, cool. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I, I grew up on that stuff. You know, you're, yeah. you're like my hero, you know? and. Yeah, it was it was cool because you're all of a sudden just in this in this world. Like, oh dude, playing in Oakland and it's like, oh, there's a guy at the back that wants to meet the band. We're like, oh, yeah, right, who's this guy? It's James Hetfield and his daughter. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so there's these sort of moments where you're just like, is this happening? Like, is this the level that we're on? Yeah. Like, you know, you're doing a set and you look over the stage and there's like Tony Royster Jr. hanging out with Katy Perry and Rihanna and they're like watching your set and you're like going, like what? Focus. Yeah, dude, dude. Yeah. Katy Perry need a button. No. It's 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 <laughs> like it's just, oh, yeah. yeah, what's that? that she's got that great sample in one song. Anyway. California girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so there's 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 definite elements of that and then but all mixed in with this great washing machine of like where am I now? Yeah. What, what time do we leave? I haven't slept in this long and Oh yeah. You once know, once in a lifetime Well or, you know. Yeah, you know, and doing the whole bus tour like that was so much fun, you know. Like it, it's not gonna happen in this country. We're just, you know, not um, population <laughs> and, and size wise at the yeah. moment we're not yeah, we're not we're not ready for it. But in America and Europe, yeah man, yeah. you know. And it was cool to see Europe. That was the big thing i mean like you're it's a pretty good place that's, that's your homeland just so <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are that you can just go well oh, i've got two days off i've got a hundred bucks look i might just get a flight to amsterdam tonight and you know hang out and party when you're, i might just go to rome or you know when it's in your when it's your backyard you know you don't appreciate it as much i yeah. never i hadn't appreciated it much until i left until i came here <laughs> and you realized like, how far away from everything <laughs> from everything like it takes me a day to get home yeah and i remember one weekend like i bought tickets to go to paris plane tickets yeah. for like 20 pounds <sighs> yeah see but I, I didn't do it I didn't do it every week yeah right you know because it's just not what you do not what you, you okay you know yeah you don't yeah because yeah. it's just well it's it's just, just there yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go there one day yeah, yeah. no I, to- I totally get you it know. most most people don't know what the, what's in their own backyard you know even even in this country Absolutely. you don't know how many people it's like yep I've got money I'm going to go travel I'm like well have you seen Northern Territory yeah, yeah totally man Uluru Katatanya like there's there's oh man there's just so much you know seeing Broome and Albury and all of Perth or whatever it is a thousand mile beach whatever it's called and oh man there's, there's so much up north to see yeah but, you know, and, you know, I, f- I find myself very often like on a plane or somewhere in the world being like, I'm here because I play bass. And you can never really lose that. I never, yeah. always keep that, you know, no matter how yeah. early you got to get up for the flight, no matter how far the drive is, you're like that. And because I play bass, I'm experiencing this part of the world with these people Definitely, making yeah. this kind of music. That's, that's part of the job too, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's where you've really got to look at it as a job too. It's like, yep, I'm a bass player. I need to be in Sydney for soundcheck. I've got a 4.30 a.m. call. That's my call, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a plumber somewhere waking up at four o'clock because he's got to get to a yeah. business that he has to fix before they open. Like, it's it's no different to any other job. Time and a half. That's the difference. <laughs> we don't have a union. That's the big difference. Man, yeah, musician. I was thinking about this uh, a lot. Like, if you had a musician's union. So there was one. Yeah. Well, it still does exist. But it's, it's still on, there. I've looked it up and I'm like, yeah. it's, uh, cheap insurance? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude, no. But it's, a, like, thi- it's a thing in the States. Look, more than here 
see when when they had it back here look so like when it was working this is only what this is far before when i was a musician yeah but what the older guys used to tell me is basically if you played at a venue and they didn't pay up right because especially back then everything was cash and yada 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 under the table basically the musicians union had a contact at cub they'd call up and say there's this pub in richmond no more beer for them they're not paying us cool no problem taps are closed that's it that pub has no beer wow what are they going to do they're going to pay the band so that cub brings their kegs back you know what i mean like that's that's the power that the union had back in the day that's the story that i've heard so that's cool. um bring it back well yeah I, I quite like that you know just stopping a the booze on, on a pub would definitely make them, you know, sort of, that's, that's all their profit. So, you know, but look, nowadays, um, you know, and, and their rates are a little bit out of date and it's all classical, like all the classical guys, yeah. man. I don't know if you've ever done anything with classical, like a, an actual classical orchestra on the union. It is amazing because like you'll be rehearsing for something and then literally like mid notice, like, oh, sorry, yeah, we've been playing for exactly 46 minutes. We've got a 13 minute break and I'm like, hey, let's just get to the song at top and tail at least, you know, they're like, nah, this is the break. It's yeah. like, you can't move anything. Like, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Somebody to move that stand because they paid for that person. That exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure like from our perspective, we just go, man, give it. It just wouldn't work in yeah. our industry, you know. That's, but having yeah. some kind of body looking out for us that every other industry does have. <sighs> yeah. We just don't have yeah. that. We, we don't, and it sparks up every now and again. Like someone does it or something happens politically and then like you know someone's on top of parliament house going yeah we should have loading zone rights as musicians you know and we should and they're bass totally car right oh, dude, bass player car parks for sure <laughs> but um but yeah like it's <clears throat> it's just i don't know it falls flat on its face the government just does it to sort of try to get the left-wing votes maybe and then mm. you know sweeps us back under the thing because you know arts funding is always getting cut and hopefully one day we'll get a government that looks after it a little bit better, but I mean, the power's in, well, I don't know if you'll register the vote here, but um, you know, the power, realistically, if you can vote in this country, the power's in your hands, you yeah. know, but there's a lot of other people that get to vote and that's why we've got yep. certain people in power that how on earth and why they are there. The world anyway. is a it's an interesting place at the moment. Interesting place at the moment, let's just say the least. But anyways, back to bases yeah. and um, whatnot. I was speaking to a friend the other night, um, Alex Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. mentioning you come round, and I yeah. said, you know, what, what should I, what should we say? Yeah. I've had a couple of jams with Alex. So yeah. yeah, and and he, he said, well, what, um, what do you wish you saw more of in younger players? What do I what? Sorry. What do you wish that you saw more of in younger players? Like, what do you think, you know, younger players or beginners or you know guys who are just starting out should be mm. spending their time and their focus on. Okay, so I've got, I guess, two perspectives on this. Because I think when you're young, you should just be working on chops and things that blow your mind. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just, you know, for me, when I was a kid, it was like machine gun slapping. The first time I heard that, you know what I mean? Yep. It was like, what? And I think, I think when you're young and you've actually got time to do that kind of yep. practice. And you can just, just happily sit for like five or six hours. And just totally. Start. As much as you want. Because it's it's a lot easier as you get older to mentally peel everything back and just go, okay, cool. I can do all that stuff, but I know for the rest of my life. To be musical. Yep, I just want to play one fives, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but it's under your belt. And I think that, I think that's, that's really, really important. But then again, the simplicity is the thing that young gigging musicians miss a lot of, you mm -hmm. know. And especially like, I've had a few chats to some of them and they're like, oh man, like, you know, oh, I love playing that song because I get to do this lick or I get to show this off. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's cool. But that was sick when like you cut out and it was just drums and vocals for like four beats. And then you came back on beat two. Mm. So you're like, you missed that one extra beat. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, okay. Hard to believe, but the best bit of your playing was when you chose not to play. Like, and you know, for, I remember when someone told that to me or, or like <clears throat> I felt flawed. I'm like, what? What do you mean? But when you actually think about it, it's like, that's what keeps, keeps it interesting. And that's the one thing that we do as bass players. We're always playing. Yeah. Like constantly yeah. playing. It's like, okay, especially like at a jazz gig, it's like, oh, oh my God. That's what you say. Yeah. How many, <laughs> every you know, note yeah. of every, every beat of every song. Exactly, you know, and there you go, okay, what are you going to do a sixth chorus? Okay, oh, now yeah. your turn to solo. Yeah. yeah. So, which, I mean, which is fine. That's our role. And I think that's something that we all need to accept that we're, we're a support player. Like that's, there's, that's, 
the world's greatest bass players understand that role and that's what they are as a you person. have to find joy in it exactly exactly um but i think that there's those times when you just stop playing man and like it creates that space mm. and it draws listeners in and it's like well what's happening something's changed i don't know what but you know to the layman like they don't most people can't know. pick a bass out of well, a mix totally. yeah. yep. so but when it's not there it's like oh that sounds weird i don't know why but it gives people that attention and then if you do something cool like dropping on beat two then that's even like yeah whoa shit, what happened whoa. Yeah. so you know i guess that's in a nutshell off the top of my head what yeah. the advice that I'd, I'd definitely give but the chops thing is really really important get, get your technique sorted so that when you develop enough and you learn enough you can be whatever musician you want to be whatever yeah yeah and if you want to be the chameleon you can do that you yeah. can go into any scenario going oh yeah cool you want me to do a cool like chordal you know montuno thing there on the bass yeah. yep i can cover that you know i've got anthony jackson licks down you know yeah. or, and i think as as modern bass players like well, i think we are required to be much more chameleon like than than, than previous generations i think if you want to keep working oh yeah almost oh, definitely man it's, yeah especially when you just think about just just the evolution of bass too like from you know from that to yeah yeah to you know like just just moving through every era you know 80s and <laughs> switching all the synth pedals quickly yeah. um you know and then and then and then you've got oh geez and then it keeps going doesn't it when you think about the 90s and like a lot of that um straight up pop bass um program bass and stuff like that but then you've got yeah d'angelo yeah. was happening back in the late 90s and you've got early 2000s voodoo voodoo drops and, yeah and you know well jd was already doing that stuff with slum village and oh, what, are, what are the Jello. kids oh man peace beyond passion i was just listening to that before you came dude around, like... the first time i heard that album like it stopped me like i i listened to it from start to finish and yeah. I, was, I i understood what art was in terms of having a, a total album yeah like I, it that was the first album that made sense to me it wasn't just a bunch of tracks or this cool band with this their hit song and there's lots of other songs for some reason i could listen to that start to finish and, and understand the journey and i was yeah. like cool well understand it that you know in my ways I'm, I'm not a woman who goes through the same things that she was going through at that time obviously but you understand it as an artistic expression. Yeah, yeah 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 totally and the bass playing on that too like i've got it so i gotta say this story there's a great drummer sean from um he plays in a band called zamuto in in uh, america from boston Anyway, they're American. Zamuto, they're awesome. Such yeah. great interesting. Anyway, he had some original tracks and he met somehow met Michelle Nanjachalo okay. and said, Look, I've got these tracks, would you help produce them and stuff like that? She said yes. He sent me his what he sent to her and also what she sent back. Really? Just was she playing bass on them? She was playing bass and reprogrammed some of the instruments and also like rearranged it. Oh. So just some of the some of the things are really really small, like just you know dropping off and beat one on certain phrases, or yeah. you know just laying back on a certain groove at certain points. Yeah, but yeah. Man, like the demo she sent through was just whatever he did, but like I don't know, seventy maybe eighty percent cooler, not better, just cooler. Like it was just well, that's what you want. Yeah, and I was just like, she's a she's a genius. She's yeah. just like to take something that simple, four notes and a groove. And basically shape it into a song. That's what she'd done. She'd given it contours and... And she's, yeah. and she's had an interesting, interesting career, but I can't really think too much of her as being the bass player for somebody, as like a side, side man, nah. too much. Nah. You know, nah. she kind of forced her own path. Most definitely. I mean, the f this is weird. This is really interesting. Do you remember she did a weird song with like, a cover with John Mellencamp, Wild Nights? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, totally. It's like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure John Mellencamp, I don't know if it's featuring Michelle, but she played bass on it and sang on it. Right. Yeah. Check it out, man. Wild Yeah, Nights. I will do. Yeah, yeah. It's well, cool the, the bass line. The one that blew my mind with her was um, Greasy G. Um, it's uh, Josh, on Joshua Ribbon Elastic. Oh, okay. She plays on, there's like Flea plays on that album. Yeah, right, cool. And, and Michelle, and she, and when you're talking about being elastic in a certain part of the groove, it's like, bump, down, to go, bump, 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 bump. Yeah. And I was just like, what is that? Yeah. I'd never, I'd never heard that thing. And then you get into <sighs> the gospel shops thing, and it's just like, yeah. But is she, uh, so we, we, tried to cover it in, in the band <laughs> and like it was although like you say tried we tried to cover yeah, it well, yeah well we, we played it but yeah. I, trying to get that consistently each time yeah. I was like oh that was it no that was definitely not it that was yeah. not it I, that was why because it's kind of unquantifiable exactly that time yeah. thing 
That's the beautiful. Have thing you about ever it. spent any time so much like with that? So I was about to ask you. I was about to ask you, man, the same thing. Like, what what's your concept of time, and like what? It's you think you kind of have to. It's almost like you start here and you end here, and as long as those two points are locked. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Or the Larry Graham thing of like it's like a like a train. So oh like yeah, 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 one, yeah. You know, everyone's like yeah. kind of like it's kind of looping around, and it might not be. Yeah, that's cool. I've never heard that analogy. Yeah, there's an interview when we're talking about it. It's, you know, like time is time is like that that arm on the train. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, Larry. Just because there's no there's 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 a point where it stops going forward and. Yeah. Back. So, but but it's very kind of circular and yeah. I was like, wow. No, that's cool. I, I like it. I like the visual, the visual imagery behind that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always found uh, well, you know, when you're growing up, and especially when you're listening to guys like Weckle and fuck, I, talk, I, I really talk about drummers a lot. I listened to a lot of drummers when I was a kid. Totally. Because well, um, of the most impressive them and guitar players. Yeah. Are the most uh, I don't know. Although I learned guitar, I was never really impressed by guitar. It's just such a weird thing. Except for the old guy, like Hendrix. He's He's my one of my gods, you know. When I was a kid, but anyways, I've always seen time like the Bruce Lee theory, I guess, of where it's like water. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 stretchable, it's malleable. Like there's no without getting too deep. I mean, you know, realistically, that like does does time even exist? You know, like and the thought the thought of having excellent internal time I think is really really important mm-hmm. you know I mean you don't have to go to sleep with a metronome on like some drummers I know which more power to them oh, I do like it's, it's incredible you know and those really? the guys that, have, that I know have done that do have a, like an amazing just that's, that's a real sense thing of, is people have gone to sleep yeah, with metronomes yeah 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 definitely and um, a lot of drummers say that it's much easier the slower the tempo the easier it is to fall asleep because once you sort of start getting above 80 or more you near know, towards that 100 the heart rate thing. Rises. yeah 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 you know and you, you can't really sleep when you've got you know something <laughs> if you push it too fast it's just impossible but um but you know if you've got a, a real firm 60 or or 80 or something you know and mm-hmm. but see then that's yeah, anyways that's another theory i don't like to practice at 60 or 80 because i find that's just locking you into you know this is medium this is slow i've always hated that concept this okay. is fast yeah if fast if the word fast didn't exist 240 is 240 yeah. exactly exactly it's just a tempo man so like i just set it at what i think's cool give it a bit of a tap oh that's 80 yeah cool that's you know 86 oh great you know and off your practice but but yeah the, i think it's really important to have an internal sense of time but in terms of making music no you're going to get excited Think crowds are going to scream, you know. You're and and then, and there's so many external factors. Okay, I've got to share this Gautier story, man. Yeah. So like the set changed, but everything was on a click. Like I mean, two two decimal points, things were on a click. You know, like everything was midied and Ableton, and like you know, if I wanted my delay pedal to, it was all happening. And there was definitely nights where I had my innies, I'd hear the four clicks, and I'd look down at the set list and go, "That is the wrong tempo. That's not." the click for that song you know that's some it says somebody yep. but that clicks way too fast and I freak out look at the drummer and he's just going what are you looking at me for <laughs> he starts you, you start and it's the right song yeah I've for some reason your brain's tricked you well yeah have I had too much coffee have I not had enough sleep relative have to what I just, haven't because we're always informed I feel like I'm always informed by what you just played it's dude, all relative you yeah. know not only that, but like what you just saw or what you just done or like, you know, did, did I just do bungee jumping that day and I'm still got a little bit of adrenaline coursing yeah. through me so I'm feeling pumped or, you know, like... Did you just, did you do bungee jumping and then play gigs? Mm, I have, but okay. no, not not on that tour. No, no, no. Years and years ago. But, um, yeah. But, but you know, but it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a funny thing. Like it really shook my faith in having internal and solid time or just knowing my times because... Right. I could have sworn that that was way too fast. And there was other nights too where like I'd turn around and I'd be, we'd be playing some other song, you know. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, man, that feels so slow. I look at the drummer and he goes, man, is this slow? But it was to two decimal places, the exact click. Perfect. You know what I mean? Like it was exactly whatever the tempo is supposed to be, 134.99. Yeah, You know, right. and... How do you explain that? How do we both feel that it's too slow, mm. although it's been exactly the same night after night? Mm. So then, you know, that really shattered my whole concept of time being a constant. Because mm. it's, well, if we don't feel it that way, then how is it that way? So, you know, when you're on a gig and a drummer goes, yeah, let's do this song. And you're like, it's too fast. <laughs> well, like, is it too fast? Yeah, you know? yeah. oh, dude, please. <laughs> yeah. so I just about had like a... 
uh, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, like, sorry, man, it's 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 a bit heavy, but yeah, like, does time actually exist? And I found that once I let go of the concept of having perfect time and worrying about it so much, I definitely enjoyed gigs more and became better at time. My time improved a lot, but it was that sensory thing too of like, okay, now we're shifting this way. Okay. But we're going to go with it. But that. it's cool because everybody's yeah. doing it together. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or like the yeah. energy's changed. And it's not about rushing or dragging. It's Exactly, it's, it's like exactly. It's I mean, like, don't get me wrong, man. There's rushing and dragging. Like there's, there's but, a, yeah. your ears need to develop, you know, like you can't be, Yeah. you know, like don't, don't, don't take one sound bite of, you know, time doesn't exist. It's like water. It just moves whichever way it <laughs> it's wants. It's going to be on your epitaph. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, time doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, well, yeah, your time's yeah, up, yeah. man. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just don't, I don't want kids out there to think that like, oh yeah, who needs a metronome? Like, it's it's really important to have internal good yeah, good pulse. time pulse, yeah. But that's a feel thing too, you know. And sometimes that's cultural, and sometimes that's learnt, you know. Like, I know guys that had no internal pulse, but they, man, they they did the hours, you know, mm. and they just sat. Mine's that definitely been mine has improved you know, over yeah. the last like six seven years through playing with really good musicians and yeah yeah and me going wow now i i know that is how it should be and i'm yeah. not where i should be yeah you know and having that step back and seeing where you are in relation to something else totally because if you're playing with guys who are average or whatever like you're, you're not you don't have any reference point for yeah. the time yeah, yeah you know totally. sometimes i'm playing like man i suck and then i'll be like no actually it's not me it's him <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you'll play the, the gig the next week with somebody else, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I said, started saying no to drummers that I don't like, you know, all like, like band, like you know. Yeah, yeah. And not necessarily that they're, they're, you know, better or worse than any drummer, but it's just their time doesn't match your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's okay. Like that's that's totally cool. But in saying that, like I, I'm also lucky that I play with a lot of great drummers, man, like yourself. And then when they give you good time, yeah. Everything's cool, man. Totally. You, can, you even need to do less practice. Well, I've found that anyway. Yeah. Like, when someone asked me the question ages ago, and I'm like, wow, I, like, back then, I was playing with, like, great dudes, Johnny Hooves and, and um, uh, Danny Faruja and, like, you know, like, dream, mm. dream drummers. And I didn't even have to worry about time. Because between, you know, them and everyone else in the band, it was sweet as a nut. Yeah. Like, you know, didn't have to worry. But, you know, yeah, it's 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 a funny concept, and especially as, as bass players. But... It's that, like I was saying, that, that cultural thing too. Like some, you know, the, the, the South American, you know, do Latino people, like just when they're immersed in it and, and brought up with it, they don't even question it, man. Like totally. some of the Latin bands I work with, the percussionist sense of time is yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh. It's, uh-huh. But it's so internalized. It's so culturally just in there. It's yeah. learnt from like a little kid because that's just the way their family just had music, you yeah. know, and... um. You know, unfortunately, you know, some families don't. Like my family just listening to bad Elvis songs and stuff. It's only later that I discovered the cool Elvis, you know, live in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. But um but yeah, I mean, you know, it's so that that also makes me think of something else. just on the question earlier about young kids. Yeah. One thing I think a lot of young kids miss out on or lose touch with is musical intuition. Okay. I think that's really important. Like trusting it. Trust it. both, both, yeah, yeah. Trusting it, like the Pino Palladino trust chops. You know, like if you've played the song before, you know how it goes. Your hands will go there. Look, it's cool. Just let go, use your ears, and let your fingers go where they need to go, kind of thing. You know, which ninety percent of the time it works out for me. But um, but I think that there's a certain thing that I see with some younger players, and it's like you know they'll be playing something, and it's like, nah, that's not how the song goes. We're supposed to go to the bridge there, and the bass groove is supposed to be like this, you know. And it's like, well, no, that's how the recording goes, you know. And look, like for some things it works, and for some things it's it's necessary. Um, especially like in theatre, you know, you're reading a book, like yeah. that's easy. But like when you're out on the bandstand and you're jamming over something. Who cares if the bridge doesn't happen where it happens or like, you know, if if someone's changed it, well, then that's when you've got to go, well, okay, well, I can't go, you know, because that's not going to work for this. The the drum is not doing what I want. Yeah. So you change it. Boom, you've got a whole new song. But like, I I just know young guys that are like, no. It has to be this. It has to be this way. So, you know, 
I guess I think that's a, a pretty important thing, you know, and that that comes with being a bass player and chord changes and leading, and mm. you know, it's a it's a big role that we we play, you know, like you're sitting on a if it's got to go to the four chord. At that point, yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly my point. So yeah. you know, so like you. you you need to understand those sorts of things and just use your musical intuition. And if you hear a guitarist doing that, don't be stubborn. You know, you've got to go, well, okay, cool. So like, yeah. Well, he's doing it. That means we're going to that, the four chords. So how I better cool. do it, you know? Yeah. Um, Working as a team. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like it might be a small thing, but for some reason, I think musical intuition um, mm. is another thing that I, I don't know how to work on it. I don't know if, if you can work on it, but I think it's really important. I think that's a horrible thing to say because no, I've, I've never, not that I've never had to work on it, but like I've been thrown into enough situations, throw myself into the deep end where I've had to rely on it. Yeah. And that's how I've, by, by shooting yeah, exactly. myself in the foot yeah. is how I've learned it. So I guess if you can figure it out before you shoot yourself in the foot, more power yeah, to yeah, you yeah. if you're a young Instead player. Instead of going, this is what should happen as opposed to being open to what could happen. Yes, 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 most definitely. Got to go. Yeah, I've got to be at a gig, hey. Far out, that sucks. Cool, man. That's well, thanks for taking the time, eh? It was awesome. Absolute pleasure, Craig. Yeah. Lucas Tarando, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See yous. There we go. Mm-hmm.